NFL draft wrap after a crazy weekend. All seven rounds in the books. Winners and losers from the 2022 NFL draft right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at the Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. It has come and gone now. The 2022 NFL Draft is in the books, and it's time to pass out some grades. We'll we'll, we'll get deeper into all the teams and go deeper into each draft class over the next week or two and, and go division by division. But today, just a big overview, Matt. Winners and losers. And the biggest storyline, I think, of the whole draft first before we pick our, our favorite and, and least favorite draft classes from 2022 is the fall of the quarterbacks. And what a crazy process it was with the quarterbacks because there was times it was like, okay, this is a bad class and none of them are going to go in the first round. And then it was like, oh, man, we might see quarterbacks. We might see Willis at two and and Pickett at six, right? And we might see five (laughs) quarterbacks in the first round. And then a guy a little bit closer is like, no, they're not going to draft these guys that high. They're going to fall a little bit. And I remember on... Uh, our last show before the draft, I said, man, you know, some of these guys are going to be there in the third round. They're going to slide out of round one and be there in the third round. They were there in the fifth round, Matt. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. Well, I know what to make of it. They didn't love this class. I mean, the, the league told us that for sure. Um, I'm still going to stand by that this class is going to start and win their share of games. You know, I mean, guys like Ritter in Atlanta – I mean, Mariota is not that much of a, a, a uh, obstacle to get over, and plus he gets hurt a lot. I mean, he's probably going to get an opportunity at some point. The Howell thing really surprised me that he fell as far as he did. And, I mean, <laughs> this was a big topic behind the scenes at the Steeler facility was, did the Steelers really need to take Pickett at 20, or <laughs> right. could they have waited another round and got him? Well, and look- the optimist said, well, I think the league told us Pickett was clearly number one on every team's board, and then there was everybody else. You know, the pessimist said maybe they should have waited and taken on round two. It's funny you know? because I mean, early yeah. in the process, it was it was Pickett one, and then oh look at this Willis guy though has a lot of tools, so look out for him. Mm-hmm. He could sneak into round one, that kind of thing. And then the Senior Bowl happened, and then you know the more people watched Willis, it was just like man, that, the tools are too exciting there. But all along, it really feels like when you look back now and, and realize in hindsight, it was always Pickett was the top guy for most NFL teams. And that's so, what we yeah, heard early right. on. And that's what we were hearing during the season. And it just it kind of stayed that way. And I think in the media where we take more of a roller coaster ride through draft prospects and, and stock than teams do. Yeah. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, that I had Willis ahead of Pickett. I've said that, that many times. And you also have to admit that these guys have way more advantages than you and I in terms of evaluating players, especially quarterbacks. And I'm not implying that Ritter, Howe, Pick, uh, Corral are bad dudes or anything, but you don't know their personalities. I still stand by, though, that I think this class will make some noise. And I know you want to talk Titans, but I think that's kind of an awesome landing spot for Willis. Yes. Um, and it's funny because the quarterbacks tie into a couple of loser teams, I think, for me mm-hmm. in this. And uh, and 
and, and Pittsburgh and Tennessee are two teams that I'm on the fence on, and I, I like and dislike their drafts so much for very different reasons. And, uh, and and when you start to get into day two and day three, it's like, oh, I love this pick, I love this pick, but man, round one, it's like over, like overall, what are they doing? Um, and so when I started to see the quarterbacks fall, the my initial thought was, if you're the Steelers, why not sneak up in round three and draft Willis too? And make sure you got yourself a quarterback. I I think that would have been a a genius move. And I'm trying to think right now because I loved the wide receiver picks for Pittsburgh in rounds two and four. Pickens and Austin. And it's it's one of those things because those were prospects I already liked. And then you see him go to Pittsburgh, who's so good at those day two, you know, wide receiver picks. And it's like, oh, these guys are going to be great. Of course, the Steelers got Pickens and he's going to be awesome. And of course, (laughs) Calvin Austin's going to be this monster slot receiver. And and how good of a a pairing are those two guys? So different, but also both so athletic. So I love that that but i'm looking at it right now so it's demarvin uh leal is leal, how you pronounce yeah. it right can throw malik willis there in round three and just let those guys fight it out that would have been pretty cool that would have been pretty cool i mean it gets there's some logistical problems in that how do we get these guys proper snaps that's asking a lot from your quarterback coach <laughs> you know but uh, off the air yesterday you know my co-host and i were like maybe i just grab willis too you know i mean they're a little different than I mean, trade one of them in a year from now and a third round um, pick for for what right. he could be that is right. nothing. no expectations right yeah and, and that's but I, what, I think Tennessee's a good spot for him I, I think it is too and in fact I'm looking at it now I wasn't sure yeah he went two picks after that yeah. third round pick for the for, for the Steelers yeah I mean right. I, to, to be honest with you with the resources teams put into quarterbacks and how valuable it is I would have I would have I, I would be giving Pittsburgh probably a a full letter grade, if not higher, if they would have gone Willis in round three, because I think that would have been a, a genius move, even That's though crazy. logistically yeah. maybe it would be difficult. But you probably find out after the first training camp which one of those guys. And I don't think anybody should be shocked if Willis ends up being a better quarterback than Pickett. And uh, that would have been a great way to maximize the potential there, especially if they really liked Willis. But who knows? Maybe that maybe when... Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe when Mike Tomlin was eating wings with Malik Willis, he turned out he didn't like him that much at all. Yeah, who's to say? I mean, I, I kind of got the feeling that the Steelers, of course, I mean, anyone that's seen that facility, they know exactly what they have in Pickett. More, I mean, I said this on the air 800 times yesterday. I mean, the most valuable thing maybe in the scouting war world is high-quality, 100% true information, and no team had more of it than the Steelers with Pickett. So, but they – as soon as they went to the podium after taking Pickett, they said, boy, we went and watched all these quarterbacks. We love these young men. We got to learn so much, but we came back home and wanted Pickett. But I like that idea. I mean, let's not stick on the Steelers, though. I no. mean, I, well, it was. They're yeah. super interesting because I wanted to give them a bad grade, but I loved rounds two and four so much. I love the Pickens in Me Austin, too. but I thought Connor Hayward was sort of an undrafted free agent guy. And, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. I know the family ties there and it feels like a very, you know, uh, I mean, it was like, this was like too friendly of a draft. You know, you have to be cutthroat in the NFL and to, to draft the local Kenny Pickett guy from, uh, you know, right there at the facility mm-hmm. and then draft but, Connor Hayward in the sixth round. Cam, like, his brother. Uh, you know, yeah. Like, and so I, I didn't love it. Hang in, out with Derek Watt and, you right. know, <laughs> I, I did, yeah. And do nothing. I, uh, I, right. <laughs> although I do like Connor Hayward. Uh, I had, I had him as one of the, pick, fine, yeah. I had him as one of the picks for the 49ers to take as, Mr. Irrelevant, just as a, you know, H-back, fullback type of Right, special um, teamer, yeah. But, it, but you know, it, it comes down to Pickett. I love the Pickens in Austin, but I, I thought, I, you know, I just wouldn't give Pittsburgh that, that good of a grade. I don't think they're necessarily losers in this draft, but it all, 
you know, depends on what happens with Kenny Pickett. But on that same token, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to put Tennessee as a loser after round one just because I didn't think they got value for A.J. Brown. And now you have a coin flip in Traylon Burks, who that was his closest comp was A.J. Brown. And maybe they did like the, the, the Vikings and they got themselves a star wide receiver for cheaper, in which case this class would start to look amazing because I love the value of Malik Willis in, in round three. Even if teams were down on him, you, you have to take that you know, shot in the dark there if you are the Titans. Uh, Roger McCray I liked in round two. Uh, Kyle Phillips, slot receiver, I liked in round five. So I really thought they saved their draft in a lot of ways after I was really questioning round one. And if Burks turns out to be really good, maybe this is an, an A-plus draft for the Titans. Yeah, I love the Willis, you know, fit there. And I wonder if there's even packages for him in September and October. And I just think of that running game with a healthy Henry and a super good running quarterback, like they could really open things up for each other and be really hard to play against, even if it's only eight snaps a game from the beginning while he learns. But if things don't go well, people are still going to be calling for Willis to be the starter, but at least that pressure's off too, where a third round quarterback is a much different, you know, outlook than a first round quarterback. Yes. I don't know what to make of this draft. I, I love the Willis pick. I think it really will pay off for them you know, before long. I felt the same way about Burks. Like, boy, I'd much rather have A.J. Green. I mean, this is kind of a real consolation prize. And then their other picks, McCreary's fine, but he's little. And it kind of reminded me of the year before when they t- they took Redunes in the second round after missing on Wilson, the Georgia tackle, is McCreary make up for Farley? You know what I mean? Like, because he was injured too. And Petit Friere's a little more finesse than I thought with yeah. the Titans. He's, you know? he's very boomer bust. Like, he could be a starting yeah. left tackle in the league or he could be non value. And, you know, right. it's, a, it's a premium pick. Stronger. You're trying to get starters there in, at the top of round three. Yeah. I mean, so I could see where Willis is a home run and Burks is really good. Or I could see where. This is a bust draft. I mean, I think it's a very volatile draft. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to put it. And you, you could look back on this draft in five years and be like, well, they got a slot receiver. <laughs> right. you know, and that's it. Or you could look yeah, and be like, yeah. man, they got a star quarterback, a star receiver, and, and depth throughout on their roster, other starting caliber players in, on the offensive line and, and a cornerback. So, um, yeah. yeah, this it could be. It might be like, oh, they got LaVisca Chenault in the first round, and Malik who he never lasted. I remember when people thought he was good. You know, that could be the the, the, right. the look at it three years from now. So, like the Steelers, they're they're kind of in the middle for me because there's things I liked, things I didn't like, but they can't really go in the winners or losers category for me right now. Last thought, though, on Tennessee and the overall why I don't like it as much is that what's your direction? Because it's sort of like a competitive rebuild, you know? Yeah. If you're going to yeah. go, if you're going to end up having a cheap quarterback, well, what's good for that cheap quarterback? You can afford to pay a star wide receiver who helps make your quarterback better, and mm-hmm. you don't have an expensive quarterback in two years, right? So you can pay yeah. AJ Brown. So, so those things don't add up to me. We should have said this even pre-draft, though. But when you pay a star running back in Henry and a above average quarterback top of the market money this is what happens to you and what are the odds that henry and burks and willis are all good at the same time cuz by the time willis too. is a starter and burks develops you know and it might take a year it might take a couple of years for willis is henry going to be run into the ground by then and brown would have been just fine 
Right, and Brown would have helped yeah. you win now. Yeah. So now you're winning. Now you're worse now, and you are slowing down your rebuild. So which is it? Right, and I don't think Hassan Haskins in the fourth round, which I thought was way too early, yeah. is going to be the next Derrick Henry. No, I agree. Okay, um, let's move on uh, real quick. Any other thoughts with the quarterbacks before we get into more of the the winners and losers here, or is that a longer conversation? Should we should we wait on uh, that? just real quick? Okay. Did you like the Panthers taking Corral? Where they did, I mean, as opposed to, does that preclude them from taking Mayfield or Jimmy or, you know, I mean. I loved it. I, no, I, I, yeah, I sort of like the Willis thing. And, and I think this is where Corral should have gone. I thought he was a third round He's guy. A third round and player, it makes yeah. me feel better about my pre-draft evaluations to know that the league felt the same way. Actually, I thought Ritter and Willis went too low. And I thought these quarterbacks were all going to go too high. I thought Ritter me was too. a second round guy. I thought Willis was a late first. I thought Pickett was a second round guy. Um, but Ritter fell further. I thought Corral was a third round guy. He went in the third. And I don't know about Sam Howell. I mean, Bailey's zappy i mean we're gonna get to some of these other teams because uh i have a feeling the patriots are on a lot of losers lists and uh, they're on my loser list (laughs) we will get to that thoughts on our least favorite classes i'll talk about matt corral and a couple of these quarterback notes as well winners and losers from the nfl draft coming up the nfl season is over but you can still find tons of football to bet on at betonline.net super bowl futures mvp Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, now that the draft is over. And I hope you guys took our advice and cashed on some of those uh, draft props at Bet Online, your number one source for all betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for uh, sports wagering, information, live betting, playoffs, esports. And more, all you got to do is head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day, but big announcement. We will be going live Tuesday on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel, the new home of the Peacock and Williamson show. Uh, You're going to be seeing us daily on YouTube as well as the audio-only podcast. If you listen in your car on your way to work or on your way home from work and you're an in-the-car audio-only podcast listener, nothing will change for you. But if you want to find us on YouTube, we will be there as well. And we will be on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And hopefully a lot of you are already subscribed there. If not, make sure you get out there and subscribe and we'll have our first live show, a little Twitter. It's not going to be a Twitter Tuesday anymore because we're going to go straight into the chat, the live chat for the Q&A on this inaugural Tuesday episode of the Peacock and Williamson show on the new YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. And I'm sure a lot of you already are subscribed you know, checking in on all of the content on the Locked On NFL Network there on that channel, plus the awesome, I got to give a kudos to the entire crew that did such a phenomenal job with the live Locked On NFL draft show all weekend long. So come join us on YouTube starting Tuesday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific with our first live broadcast on the Locked On NFL channel. Of the falling quarterbacks, Matt, you mentioned Matt Corral. Love it. The right spot for him. Draft-wise, round three, and a great team fit for the Panthers with Corral to get up and get a quarterback that they can at least try to develop, and it gives them options, but I don't think it, I think it helps them to have a quarterback to compete, and it also doesn't hinder them from doing anything else. You could go Baker, you could go Jimmy, or you could let Corral compete with Sam Darnold if you want, so I love that move for the, for the Panthers. I mean, I think when we look back on it, chances are he'll end up as 
Will Greer, who they took in the third round and, you know, never really did anything. I think it was worth the bite in the apple. And at totally. least if, if the Browns or Niners aren't going to be, you know, real complete, you know, real generous with their quarterbacks to give away, at least he might beat out Darnold or who knows, you know, especially I, I as, as late as they got him, what they had to pay for it. It's definitely worth it. And I, and for yeah. the same reason, and I'm, I'm, and the Falcons aren't going to be in my winners, but I thought that was great value. And I loved that pick at least for the Falcons to get Ritter uh, at the top of round three. And I liked Ritter more than the, uh, than I liked Ritter for sure. Like more Ritter than Kellen lot, Mond yeah. and Kyle Trask last year. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, I thought that was worth it. So a guy like Ritter, he's the perfect example his whole goal is to convince the, 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 his bad team that he's worth sticking with and they should draft Will Anderson, not the the Bama quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, does That's he show enough to, to have – Like the, Davis Mills did. Right. The exa- Like the Texans and like the, the Eagles where they can at least yes. push off the quarterback decision unless it's just hitting them, slapping them in the face at number one overall or something like that. They can push that quarterback decision off another year, try to collect more picks and build a foundation to plug in either a different quarterback or help Ritter succeed. Yeah, right, exactly. Like You, you want to convince the Falcons to take a Miles Garrett-like prospect instead of the top quarterback because you're intriguing enough, you know, just like Davis Mills did. So to... Tie in the quarterbacks with the winners and losers here. Let's start with the bad news first and the losers. And I think universally, uh, the the New England Patriots draft class is going to be panned. And not only because the reach in round one, as some people might view it, and I loved actually Cole Strange. I, I've been talking about Cole Strange for so long on the Locked On 49ers podcast because I thought he was for sure going to be an option at 61 for the 49ers. Right. And that's exactly one round uh, higher. That was the 49ers old pick in round one. So that's one round. That's not even that big of a deal. I thought they had worse picks later. I thought Tyquan Thornton with his speed, and he's a fine prospect, but round two with George Pickens still on the board, I thought that was a reach and probably even a worse pick than Cole Strange. And then Bailey Zappi, how about that one? Going ahead of Sam Howell. And and look, I wasn't huge on Howell or anything, but I think Bailey Zappi's at best a backup quarterback in the NFL. So to me, it's like, not don't take Howell or Zappi. You got a starting quarterback. Wait on all of them. Like, don't take any of them. Go help your football team because this guy's just going to hold a clipboard anyway. You drafted one the first round last year, you know, that was another <laughs> weak-armed guy. You know, and this is just a worse version. It's the, the Michelob Ultra version of Mac Jones, you know, like <laughs> – and you have so many other needs and you spend the fourth round pick on them. Um, this is maybe the most disrespectful thing I've ever said, but is Bill Belichick your grandfather that shouldn't have a driver's license anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? This is the way I put it's, it. That's so blasphemous. Like I should never say that because he's the greatest, but this draft stinks. I mean, he is last offseason stinks. He is a grandfather, you know, right? By spending now, that much money on Nelson Aguilar and two tight ends. I mean, somebody's got to call this guy out. Oh, it, it, this is the way I put it on Twitter during the draft is that Bill Belichick, the GM, is like putting the, the Madden football game on all Madden mode. And for those of you who don't play Madden, all Madden is like the most, I'm, I'm it's the most difficult 
mode, right? You could play it on easy okay. or hard, or you could play it on all Madden, which makes makes the the you know the computer players you're playing against make superhuman plays that you that you shouldn't be making. But it just makes the game more okay. difficult for you, right? People uh, don't and, give you easy trades, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. So yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Bill Belichick is putting Bill Belichick, the GM, is putting the game on all Madden mode for Bill Belichick, the coach, and seeing how many games he can still <laughs> how win. How good are you? Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's making it more difficult. And Cole Strange like is fans. not. Not the worst you know, pick I mean, the, of this draft. And actually, there's a couple good picks. I liked Marcus Jones. I think he's I like a, that at, at the very worst, a slot corner, um, just because of his size. But I think he could play outside, too. And he has some really good tape at the University of Houston and fell because of his size to late third round. I thought that was a good pick. And Pierre Strong. And he's an awesome special teamer, which is yes. very Yeah, so he's going to have value for... Uh, for the Patriots. So if anybody's going to play, it's going to be, you know, I think the first rounder in Strange is going to be a long-term starter, and I think in the end people will be like, oh, he's fine. they got a, a good starting offensive lineman. Uh, and they but needed you can't a, a tell guard. me you couldn't have got him in the second round. I think you could have. And, and I think 50. Bill I mean, and Bill had already traded down once, and probably because some of those other offensive – I mean, he would have taken what? Green, right, at, at 21, but he was already gone? Was Green already gone? Green was yeah. already gone. And Zion I think Johnson Zion was already gone. gone. Zion yeah. was already gone too. Yeah, because the the guards went early, so um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's why he traded down, and, and maybe he didn't get any offers, or probably would have moved down again into round two. And it, look, if Cole Strange went at pick 34, five picks later, it just wouldn't have been a quote unquote first rounder. I don't think anybody would have made a big deal about it. Yeah, and remember when Dallas took the center uh, Fredericks, and everyone oh, gave yeah. him a hard time. I think they took him at 31. And I, I said after the draft, if they would have taken him at 34, nobody would care, and that's really stupid. I just thought he's a lot better prospect than Strange. I mean, yeah, I Strange, think Strange is a, Strange a, came a from, second, third guy. Right. Came, Strange came from Chattanooga. You know, he didn't come from <laughs> right, Wisconsin right, right. either. So, yeah. Um, so yeah uh, clear, but I don't like any of these names except for Marcus Jones. And I, I do like Pierre Strong, the fourth rounder. I will say that. Uh, he's got a lot of speed. I don't think, uh, you know, he adds yeah, a dynamic element a to Bill Belichick's offense, but that he's more of an outside zone sort of a runner, one cut and, and make huge runs. Doesn't seem like a Belichick style of running back, but I mean, a ton of speed and can make some big plays in that offense. So I kind of do like the Pierre Strong I, selection. I thought Tyquan Thornton was a fourth. Oh, same here. I mean, I'm like, boy, I'll love him in the fourth. We're for sure overall. I mean, two picks ahead of Pickens. <laughs> we're for sure going to look back and we're going to say, uh, "This is the I, it's clear as day now." And I already thought it was before the Steelers were the team, and the Steelers are so good at drafting wide receivers. Before they drafted George Pickens, I looked at it and I said, "This is going to be exactly like 2019 when we're going to look back and be like, how the heck did teams draft Andy Isabella and JJ Arcega Whiteside over DK Metcalf?" Yeah. We're going to say the same things about George Pickens. About Pickens how right. the hell did you draft Tyquan Thornton? and John Mechie, who might be a nice right. player, but over George Pickens. Yep, yeah, I think there will be some of that. Like, boy, good receiver draft, but how did Pickens last that long? You know, <laughs> what, who, what did they see in Thornton? You know, uh, again, Thornton's fast. He's tough. He's more of the, the fourth-round sleeper, though. He's not the 50th pick in the draft. And right. Again, I mean, it's been a couple off-seasons that are highly questionable in New England. Uh, any other losers for you, Matt? Um. A couple. Uh, let me make sure I get their, their class in front of my eyeballs okay. here. Can, can I just throw up. one out there real quick yeah. and say the Chicago Bears class? Is, That's on my list, yep. And and really even the big loser isn't necessarily the Bears because I love Jaquan Brisker. Um, I like both their first picks. And, and Kyler Gordon, solid. I think that was the area he yeah. should have gone in. So you got a corner and you got a safety and you really helped your secondary that needed some help. So those are fine. I liked the uh, the high upside uh, sleeper of 
outside linebacker, edge rusher, pass rusher, Dominique Robinson out of Miami, Ohio, yep. late Didn't round five. thought that was great yeah. value. Um, a little high on Valus Jones. I thought third round was a, an okay place for him. And when they Dude, finally he's our age, when he's twenty, yeah, he's he's a six year player. <laughs> never really broke out. Never had a thousand yard right. season at USC or at Tennessee. He's got a ton of athleticism. Um, yeah, he like should have been better than he was, and he is so much older. He was a twenty five year old playing against eighteen, nineteen year olds. You know, so um, he's I don't a triple transfer. I think once they finally went to wide receiver, I didn't love the value, even though I think he could be a, a, a decent player in the league. And then the rest of the draft, nothing really stands out. Is like, oh man, I really love this player. So they got a couple of good defensive players, but they didn't help out their quarterback. So even more so than the Bears, because they did draft some all right players and they didn't have a first round pick. So you can't really hold that against them too much. But the big loser is Justin Fields. 100 percent. I agree with everything you said. Um, Even going into the draft, I said many times, hey, Bears fans, you're going to maybe compete for the first overall pick. Like you would be 27th or lower in my power ranks pre-draft. And I know they didn't have a first, but they did have two seconds, and they need everything. But I could argue that the best position or best area of the team this time last week was maybe their secondary. or I mean, somewhere on defense. And they go back-to-back defensive players. And then, I mean, you wait till 71 to help the guy, albeit another staff, trade it up like crazy to get, but you're still married to Fields. And I don't need, I didn't like the Jones pick to begin with. I really fear that the field's narrative by November, let alone after next year, is is this guy a bust? You know, do they, if the Bears are picking fifth, should they go get a quarterback? You I know, mean, like, yeah, and, and, and we've seen this so many I times. It's unfair. With, with quarterbacks that become busts or have a really difficult time in the NFL, what happens? New coaching staff, then another new offensive coordinator. Then year three, it's another new offensive coordinator. You know, and it's and no talent for him, no yeah. like no pass protection, and so that really worries you for Justin Fields' future. And he's going to have to really be mentally tough. He's going to have to take a, a step right. and really get the ball out quick and and just prove that he's the dude and have to do it all himself here in year two because he's not going to have a lot of help. If he has an average year, I think that's a home run. Like, he is set up for failure. I hate that. Yeah, that I don't like that either. And I think he's, no. he's too good of a prospect to to be somebody where, where you're look, already looking ahead to be like, ah, well, he's going to be the sacrificial lamb here, and we're going to see what happens next year in the draft after, you know, he stinks yeah. because we didn't help him. But, I'm sure someone's written this article of, let's make the blueprint of a bust first-round quarterback and – it feels like Justin Fields is walking down that yellow brick road right now. But what if he plays well enough to where you're like, okay, we got to get this guy some help. And then in free agency next year, you're able to get a couple of well, offensive linemen and a big time yeah. wide receiver. And then you have that maybe 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 draft pick. Maybe a quarterback goes one and you get Will Anderson to throw onto that defense. And now yeah. all of a sudden the Chicago Bears could be really good. And. I want Bears fans to remember that scenario because it's coming, but it's going to be a long 17 games in between. Because you are playing the long game. You're you're aiming for post-Aaron Rodgers, and that could start to look pretty good, but a lot of things have to go right, and it's going to be a, a, a tough year for another tough year for Justin Fields. Yep. I just don't want to hear... Boy, the Bears are picking five. Should they move up to two and take a quarterback? Because Fields doesn't look like he has it. I any mean, more? Me, that would be catastrophic. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, any more losers before we flip over to the winning side of things in this draft? 
Uh, the Browns, really, I did not endear at all. I know they didn't have a pick until 68, and there was a lot of buzz around the Steeler facility, and trust me, it, Mike Tomlin or Mr. Rooney didn't come out and sell, tell us this. This is a bunch of media folks, you know, gabbing like, you know, old ladies in a sewing circle, circle. But a lot of people seem to think that the Sean Watson suspension is going to be substantial. I, I, I don't know anything about baseball, but this Bauer dude got suspended for two years. There was a lot of buzz that Watson might not play a snap this year. And folks, don't take that as gospel. I mean, it's just a bunch of, you know, people – shooting the you know the the breeze and you know guess hunches and you know third th- you know third hand information and, but i look at the browns and like david bell will probably play right away for them so i understand that i like the winfrey pickup high energy dude i like the ford pickup but Emerson, right? The first kicker off the board. I mean, like, I don't see much here to get excited about. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it was an underwhelming class, and even without first and second round picks, we saw some other teams that at least got some value once they did start drafting, and yeah, I didn't really yeah. see much there either. My favorite pick might have been their seventh rounder, Dawson Deaton, who might be able to stick in the league as a center, but you know, I, yeah, I mean, he might wash out just as quickly. So, you know, Perry and Winfrey, I guess, would, would have been a nice selection in the fourth round. I think that's good mm-hmm. value for a penetrating defensive tackle. But yeah. Very underwhelming class for them, and if Deshaun Watson is is not around, it it might be a a long year for the Cleveland Browns in that division. Yeah, I I worry that it could be. You know, like I mean, it's a small thing; it's a fifth round pick. And I just said I like Jerome Ford, but they gave Johnson money as a restricted free agent. Hunt's under contract. Chubb just got a new contract. Like, what's going on there? You know. And you still have the Baker Mayfield sort of cloud over the organization. It just feels like bad vibes over there. I agree. I agree. It's like. Bad juju for signing Watson. Yes. Let's go to the winners. Let's look at the bright side of some things mm-hmm. here with some of our favorite draft classes from 2022 next. I'd like to take this opportunity to let the folks out there know about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bag. Throw them in your kids' backpacks. Keep them in your car. Keep them in your office. Keep them in your pantry. Anywhere that you might have something that's bad for you, replace it with something that's good for you and that is also delicious, and that is Built Bar. So that's the best part, healthy and delicious. That is the combination you are looking for because if they're not delicious, you're not going to eat the healthy food. All Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, so you feel like you are actually getting a treat. And if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs, it's the first ever protein-infused marshmallow don't ask me how they do it but they do it tons of flavors new flavors and seasonal flavors happening all the time at built.com most built bars contain only 130 calories yet have 17 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar so get over to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com I'm going to start off the winner's portion of the 2022 NFL Draft, Matt, with a team that won because of a move that didn't happen. And I truly think that the 49ers and the Jets are both better off because the Debo trade didn't happen. When you look at the Jets draft class and what they were able to do with all that draft capital, and it's kind of not fair because, you know, you you ding the Browns who didn't pick until the third round. And then you're like, (laughs) hey, look how awesome the Jets did when they had two picks in the top 10 and then two picks in the top 10 of the second round. But that's why I hate draft grades. after the fact, Of course, they did better. You have to grade them by what they did with what they had. And I thought the Jets did a really good job of utilizing those picks 
in a valuable way. And moving into the first round to get a to Jermaine Johnson, who we was rumored and we thought maybe would end up in the top ten of this class, right? Mm-hmm. So to get Ahmad Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson, and then come back with Brees Hall. And, you know, it's early for a running back for me, but I get why they would do it. And he's the best running back in this class, and he's better running back than some other first-round running backs in recent years. And uh, adds an element to the offense that they needed. When you look at their draft class versus what it would look like with Debo Samuel and then the 49ers who need to help out their young quarterback, and I just talked about why I didn't like it for the Titans, It's just why I wouldn't have liked it for the 49ers to move on from Debo, especially for some uh, not amazing return I think both the Niners Jets came out better so I think Jets were a winner for for what they didn't do plus what they did do with the picks that they held on to yeah and we did a a podcast Friday so we did talk about the three first rounders but I thought this was a great landing spot for Hall both for our fantasy reasons and he's like the dynasty number one by far he's yeah fantasy rookie number one easily right now right Yeah, yeah yeah and I like Michael Carter too I think that's a good pairing and they're both good receivers and I'm thinking more of Wilson's, you know, best interest in mind here than anything, than fantasy, of course. But I also think, you know, with the, the first four picks in the 36, that it's also kind of a good sign that they must be confident enough in Makai Becton because they didn't address that until the fourth round with Max Mitchell, yeah. who's a, a good project. And, you know, even Mike, Michael Clemens, I mean, uh, I think he's a decent fourth rounder. And when it was all said and done, Jeremy Ruckert was my number one tight end in this class. They, they signed two tight ends, but I they must have agreed with me. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a good blocker. He just wasn't used at Ohio State because they have three first round picks at receiver. <laughs> yeah, classic inline size too. So yeah, uh, and yeah, maybe more there as a pass catcher in the NFL. Six six two fifty. You know, looks the part. So love the draft class for the Jets, and in the end, with some of their recent drafting and uh, how that team's starting to get built, um, you know, this team might have turned the corner finally. If Wilson, it's all there for Wilson. Yep, I and mean, exactly. if they don't turn the corner, I think we know why. Absolutely. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, did they have the best draft, Matt? Yeah. Uh, they might have my top grade uh, in this class. And just every pick they made is like, the stupid Baltimore Ravens got Kyle Hamilton by doing nothing, just sitting there at 14, and he could become you know uh, one of the stars of this class. And then they come back in uh, after moving down and moving up and then getting Tyler Linderbaum, who's going to be a 10-year starter for them, right, at center. Then you get a yep. jobo in the second round. And then maybe the biggest steal of their entire class was Travis Jones still on the board for them. When I thought maybe Jordan Davis would have been a great pick at 14, the Eagles went up in front of him, which was a nice move by the Eagles, who were going to show up on this list. Um, so Travis Jones, a crazy value to get a, a, a long-term nose tackle in the third round. What a, what a great class. And then uh, Daniel Falalele there, just a you know, 380-pound mountain. See what you get there in the fourth round. I love this class. I do, too. They had 10 picks in the top 141. <laughs> you know, like, they should do well. I mean, one, two, three, eight, six fourth-round picks and two firsts. So you should come away with a haul. Um, they, I, I very much like what they did, too, for all the obvious reasons. They took the best players available and matched it with need, but they always take the best player available more than any other team in the league, in my opinion. Everyone says it, but nobody means it. Um, you know, Ajabo's a lot like Owe, but he's, you, you know, a, a little more productive. That might be a great pairing starting next year. My two favorite picks were Travis Jones, as you mentioned. I think Armour Davis from Alabama is a really good starting corner in this league. But I'm going to be a little critical. I mean, they drafted two tight ends. 
Are they going to? They didn't draft a receiver. That's where I'm critical. After trading Marquise Brown with ten picks in the top one forty one, you couldn't find a spot for a wideout. Uh, that was odd to me. Oh, and can I can I interject yeah, there really quick? Uh, th- this is obviously a team that wants to run the football, but sure. stock way up for Rashad Bateman, right? Oh, he's through the roof right now. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, speaking of the running game, I actually love their sixth round pick too, Tyler Batty, who is more of a, a smaller receiving type back, but a really nice fit. Something they didn't really have on the roster. So much different than Gus Edwards. We'll see what J.K. Dobbins looks like coming back. But I actually liked their last pick too. So I mean, just top to bottom, I, I kind of liked this class. For them, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. Rashad Bateman, I think, is going to be the dude now. But who else is going to be catching passes from Lamar Jackson? I wonder if they have something else. Is Jarvis Landry going to sign there tomorrow? Or I mean, it seems like they have to have some other plan. I mean, it, not that Boykin's great, but they cut him. I mean, there's there's not much else there. Again, ten picks in the top one forty one. I would have drafted a receiver somewhere. Um, I don't exactly love Charlie Kohler at one twenty eight and a punter at one thirty. But if you're, I guess the 130th pick is worth it to save four or five million on the cap. I assume they're going to cut Cook, and that saves money. And here's my other nitpick: is Linderbaum and Falele couldn't be any different in style of offensive linemen. <laughs> they they shouldn't play in the same <laughs> scheme, really, right? No, uh, no, so it's, no. It's, it's, but I guess you know Linderbaum is sort of scheme proof in a way, and then. When you oh, see him, yeah. you know, when you see someone like Falele and you think, oh, yeah, um, you know, Orlando Brown style of just massive monster offensive tackle. He's just yeah. so hard to get around. And look, by the time you get to the fourth round, yeah, it's worth taking a flyer on a guy like that. See what you get. Yeah, right. Again, I mean, tackle was a problem for them. They need Stanley to come back. I mean, he's not going to block T.J. Watt, though. My next winner is the Philadelphia Eagles. And not only did they. One too. What's that? I think they're an easy one too. Yeah, super easy. AJ Brown. Um, yeah, because you add AJ Brown, and you get such a different style receiver than you had already, which I love. And I, you know that's why I mocked Burks to them a lot of times, is because you want a different prospect than you have in Devonte Smith there at wide receiver. And so they nailed that. He's ready to play. Then they move up in front of the. Uh, the Ravens to get Jordan Davis. I don't know if the Ravens would have taken him there, but that was a nice move, I thought. And, um, you know, very active and going and attacking your needs. And they came out of it with starters, multiple starters, you know, coming back with Kobe Dean, who we, it sounds like there's a lot of medical with him, which is why the he medical, fell all the way yeah. to the third round. But they scooped up that value in the third round. And then a starting long-term center in, or maybe, you know, play some guard while Jason Kelsey's still around there in the second round in Cam Jurgen. So overall, I think they improved their team a lot and moved around and were active to attack their their needs in the best way possible. And I love those teams that are active and, and make, they, they let the draft follow them when they need to and they make things happen when they need to. And that's exactly what Howie Roseman did in this class. Kept defensive tackle a massive strength. You know, I mean, Fletcher Cox is on his last legs, but Milton Williams from last year, Hargrave and Jordan Davis. I mean, that's quite the room. Um, you mentioned Cameron Beef Jurgens, very similar to Linderbaum, very similar to Kelsey. I'm sure he'll do those exact same things. And everyone's always, well, critical might not be the right word, but Eagles never use high picks on off the ball linebackers. That's just their philosophy. But they may have got a first round pick in the third, you know, or, or at least a top 50 type player in the third. So that was worth it. And guys like Jordan Davis are going to protect them. And you got the roommate theory there too, Dean and David. <laughs> yeah. Any other um, 
standout classes for you winners. I think it's easy to throw you know a team with two top seven picks with the New York Giants in there with Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, but then I didn't really love the rest of it for them. Um, I have the... two teams I just want to throw out quickly. Okay. The Bills, I think trading up for Elam was a really good move. Just because I thought they had one major need, and that was a corner opposite Tredavis White, and they live in Nichols. So, I mean, those guys play a lot. And I really think that we're going to look back at this class and be like, Khalil Shakir was Cole Beasley. You know, like, there's just an even swap. Mm. And James Cook's just a wonderful weapon. I know you're not big on drafting running backs. I don't look at him as a running back. I mean, uh, he's just going to catch a lot of passes and be a weapon. You know, he might be... Isaiah McKenzie for them, you know? Definitely very different than what they had at running back there. I thought it was yeah, a little high yeah. for Cook. I thought he's more of a third, fourth-round guy because I don't know if he's going to be someone who could be a true running back for mm-hmm. you and carry any kind of a load, and I thought they kind of needed that, too, with Buffalo. But I loved the Elam pick in the first round. Yeah, yeah. I knew you were a fan of his. Um, how about the Lions? Mentioned... What's that? How about the, how about the Detroit Lions? Yeah, I mean, I and mean, it's it wasn't their fault, but they got they were allowed to draft Aiden Hutchinson, who was the best player in the draft, and they didn't have to spend number one dot one to get him. They got him in the, with the second pick, and uh, I think that was a home run. And then moving around, and they got really good value. They didn't have to spend that much to get all the way up at number twelve. So as long as Jamison Williams comes back from that knee injury and is the dude, um, I like that for the Lions. And clearly, the Lions believe they're a little bit closer, right? They didn't try to go for quality. They tried, or they didn't try to go for quantity. They went to go for quality. And I wonder if we're going to see an uptick in wins for that franchise this year yeah and josh pascal's like the easiest guy to root for in the whole draft mm-hmm. and a two-time captain i mean all the in- all the stuff that you want him and hutchinson to be defensive leaders and yeah i'm with you i like what they did i love jameson williams um but i also like that they really concentrated on defense you know after williams there's only one offensive pick so I thought that was what needed to happen. Kirby that. Joseph could develop into a starting free safety, you know, sort of an instinctive. Yeah. He's always around the ball type of safety late third round. So you might have gotten four starters in this class. Yep. Um, another bad team I wanted to throw out there that almost reminds me of a year or two behind where the Jets are is that they're finally starting to put some pieces together. I think Houston did a nice job. I mean, I wouldn't have taken Kenyon Green at 15. But Petre, Messi, Harris, I love Damian Pierce, Booker, Late. I mean, I think that maybe for once, and this is a pretty low bar, they have some keepers, actually, on this team, finally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I Very wasn't bad. that big of a fan of the green and Mechie picks. I thought they were safe and solid. And, like, look, you, you at least get someone who can come play early and and be a starter for you but i didn't think they were difference makers but i loved the stingley and petrie pick so i would definitely put them yeah, in yeah. the top half of draft classes this year yeah i just wanted to throw them out there because i mean they're definitely a year away from being a year away but it, it, i think that this offseason they actually took a step forward compared to where they were last year and you know watson's a long forgotten memory now that finally progress is being made There you have it. Winners and losers from the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll get a lot deeper and dive into the grades for every uh, pick, every team in this class, division by division. But before we do that, we've got to launch the YouTube channel, Matt. Big stuff happening. I hope you all can join us live noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time 
Tuesday on the Locked On NFL channel. I'm sure a lot of you followed along all weekend long to the live coverage of the NFL draft on the Locked On NFL channel, which was just phenomenal. They did such a good job. Kudos to the entire team for that. I made a few appearances there on that show. And the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, their future home for us will be on that Locked On NFL channel on YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe to the Locked On NFL channel, and jump on with us for our first YouTube show. It's going to be a live podcast. We'll do a Q&A, talk about the NFL draft before we dive deeper into the grades for every single team, division by division here Very on cool. Peacock and Williamson. We'll see you all then right here.